Alright, run it. Welcome to the Aka Minority, episode 17. I am one of your hosts, Jesus Shuttlesworth, a.k.a. James Brown. Hey! And we got the forever soulful, Lady Godiva. What's up? <laughs> My James Brown impression is spot on. Hey! Dun, dun. Get on up, get on up, back on the scene. Get on up, like a sex machine. Get on up, Hey! <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just feeling it. I don't know. I was just thinking about the Grammys. Like Lady Gaga had me all feeling it just then. You know, she did a. You know, she did a David Bowie tribute at the Grammys last night. I know it was nice. It was a mate. She only lady. I, I like. I said only Lady Gaga could have done that tribute. Nobody else could have came through and did a tribute to David Bowie because Lady Gaga is the epitome of David Bowie. She can switch genres effortlessly and she came through and she represented for him yeah she did i felt like um glenn fry tribute could have been a little better i don't appreciate that like as a lifelong eagles fan i was ready first of all they didn't announce it it just came on so i had to rewind thank god for dvr because i had to rewind my television to watch it because it was just on and i'm like oh joe watch is singing <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don Henley, Don Henley, what the hell going on? They had all the they had all the members of the Eagles. Like the Eagles, they had the members from the beginning. Everybody was on stage. It was it was like when, um, it was in the movie Five Heartbeats when they get the, when they get inducted into the Hall of Fame, the one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and everybody's uh-huh. there. That's what it felt like last night watching the Eagles on stage. Like everybody that used to be in the group, everybody that was almost in the group. I said everybody from um the five heartbeats of there. I, I can't remember or not. Eddie Kane was there. You know, you ever, you ever seen the five heartbeats? <laughs> yeah. Nights like this, I wish that raindrops would fall. Uh, but he sung it like really crappy. I, I I wasn't about to do myself like that. That's that movie all sad. Nobody, <laughs> nobody can be Eddie Kane. Ugh. Like <laughs> that was that was Leah that was a big star. Oh my god, I love that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> Eddie Kane. I got it on VHS still. I got I'm gonna watch that movie. I'm gonna watch that movie. Ooh, hey now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um this year just cannot stop being tragic. Vanity died this week. Yesterday. I know, isn't that crazy? What is that going is on? What is going on? For everybody that don't know who Vanity is, she's the lead singer of the Vanity Six. The tonight, then you want to dance with me? You think you're a nasty girl? That's my oh my god. Her and Sheila E was my first crushes in life. Like I mean, I would oh my god, Lord have mercy. Just just ooh, just just rest in peace, rest in peace, rest in peace, rest in peace. I hope you found that. I hope you found that. That piece you were searching for, but oh god, Mm-mm-mm. childhood. Oh my god, I'd have died if I would have met. Oh my god, if I would have met Vanity. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, she, he, Oh my god, oh my god, just just wrap me up and throw me. Oh my god, good. Oh my, oh my god, 
Don't play with me. Don't play with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you've been going down in the deal. You go down, go down in the deal. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. <laughs> you know that's what I find funny? What? I made this tweet earlier. Well, I, I, po- I made this one tweet earlier. I was like, confident people get shit done, period. Hesitation gets you nothing but lost time. Don't let society trick you. Be the best or die trying. How do you feel about mediocrity? It irks my last nerve because I get that all the time. (laughs) And personally, I just, I'm so serious. I just want them to stay in their own business as much time they spend in other people's business and trying to give advice. They should take their own advice and maybe they'll the best they can be, (laughs) you know, just, just my thing. It's really, what do you weird think? it's really weird to me because you look at people like uh, Kanye West is recently in the news or um, Cam Newton and all those other people. It's like, how can you tell me not to be the greatest? I'm either the greatest or I'm trying to be the greatest. You ask my opinion about me and I give it to you. It's no, you need to humble right. yourself. If I'm the best, then I'm the best. What what Andre 3000 said, not saying I'm the best, but till they find something better, I am here, no fear, write me a letter till then. Right. I'm not the best in the world, but the best the world ever seen. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, people love to try to tell people with talent how they should conduct themselves. Because you cause you cause you don't have it because you don't have the heart to strive to be something greater than what you are. You have to be mentally insane to have enough confidence in yourself that you risk it all. That's what that's how they yeah. feel. So they want to judge you and they want to talk about this. Like Kanye West had a tweet or whatever where he said, um, so many people trying to be so many people trying to be light in this society. Nobody trying to be only a few trying to be great. Yeah. So when you got and people like us that's trying to be great, people that's trying to just be liked in this society, because that's what basically both of y'all are basically doing is y'all trying to be liked. So when you get people like that's trying to be liked in this society, we're looked at different, like, oh. Why you doing all that? Why don't you just do this instead? Like people always trying to guide you off your path of greatness. That ain't yeah. me. And you know, mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree. It's like those people that erase their identity to be in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? To mm-hmm. to try and complete themselves because they feel like the other person is already. Let me take all your fucking energy. (laughs) So that's the whole thing with greatness. Same thing goes for people that that love themselves and are great and know that they're great enough to go all the way. And their vision is out there and it's a million miles down the road. And then here comes little Billy knocking on the door like, hey, uh, I think you should do that and this and the other. And, you know, we're like, no, you know, you came from. Exactly. I, People always trying you know? to determine your great. People always trying to determine your greatness. Like, don't don't put your dream on me. If you want to be a lawyer, go be a lawyer. I don't want to be a lawyer. If I sit here and tell you I want to be a lawyer, well, man, you're very smart. The way you articulate your words, you can be, you'll be very great in the law school. You know, don't, like, I hate, like, I really hate when people do that. 
because it's like that's you. I don't want to be like not everybody want to be a lawyer. So it's like take right. your ideals and you need to do something with them or shut the hell up. Don't judge me. Don't try to tell me what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. The hell? Yeah. People always got an opinion okay. about what you're doing. Worry about yourself. Yes, it, it always comes from the people you care about the most. Like, you know what I mean? Like, y'all side eyeing me from the corner over there. You know, yeah. Big Crit, to quote the great philosopher Big Crit, he goes, um, Omo Geronimo Pratt, then OG Bobby. They love the fact you made it, but hate the fact you got it. Mm-hmm. Basically, and he's not lying. Like they um they oh they 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 love in the moment that you that you made it, but they hate the fact that you got it. Like they 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 don't people secretly like a lot of people. You gotta watch out for the people you're around because a lot of people secretly pray for your demise. Mm-hmm. Really do feel. Speaking of people mm-hmm. hating on people's demise. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I slay. Yo. Beyonce shut down Super Bowl 50, but that ain't what I want to talk about because everybody done talked about it. Everybody done explaining y'all how black it is, how great it is. Big Frida! Big Frida said, I did not come to play with you hoes. Oh my God. I, I can't say the B. Y'all know I don't say the B word. I came to slay B words. Collard greens and cornbread. Some. Like, Big Frida is not out here playing with you. I was like, man. Big Frida, the South is on the map. But anyway, so the video came out with a whole bunch of um criticisms for a lot of from a lot of people. But the ones I want to talk about is is the black people. What do some? And I'm not talking about all black people. What the hell do y'all want from Beyonce? I'm confused. When she don't say nothing about police brutality, oh. Duh, huh, but we we she wants to buy her records, but she won't talk about police brutality. She talk about police brutality. Oh, it's just to get us to buy her records. It's like the coin does not flip both ways in this situation. You either want you either want celebrities to say something or you don't want celebrities to say something. She is not trying to make no money off you. She's a fucking millionaire. Her and Jay Z put together is about a billy. So <laughs> You sitting here, this I need, I need, cause these and these bitter and these bitter ass people, they sitting here just making these long ass posts. Oh, but Beyonce got blonde hair and all this, other, cause she like her hair blonde. You dumbass. Like um, like one thing, one thing I noticed is a whole bunch of white people going to um going to war for black people um about the formation video. So I figure I would do them a favor by returning the favor by explaining to these dumb black people why they shouldn't be criticizing Beyonce for doing something y'all been begging her to do. Mm-mm. Like, you either want Beyonce to be a part of the cause or you don't want her to be part of the cause. It's just like when Macklemore made white privilege and y'all like, oh, shut up, Macklemore, blah, 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 blah. How the fuck you... So you want white people to acknowledge white privilege, but when they acknowledge white privilege, you want them to shut the fuck up? Yeah. Macklemore, yes. this is what this is what y'all need to understand about Macklemore. Macklemore has the ability to tap into the people that need to hear about white privilege. That's that are actually that are white. You know, the people that are white. It's like um, it's just like on this podcast, we'll need to explain to you what black power means because the people that listen to this, the white people that listen to this, they understand it. 
like racist lip are not listening to a, a, the aqua minority you know the podcast with two minority hosts they're not listening to it so i had to explain it to them so what i need y'all to do is lay the fuck off beyonce beyonce is out here saying stop shooting us she's out here fighting for the culture and you're fighting her like what kind of stupid shit is this like y'all, y'all want to drag this woman through the mud so bad because going back to what we were just saying, y'all want to drag her through the mud so bad because your life is not because you're not at the point in life where you could be happy. So you gonna drag her? Like y'all, y'all, y'all so y'all sound so fucking bitter. Like the amount between y'all and the other amounts of salt you just accumulating during this month from the bitter people, salt gonna be given away for free because they're gonna have some. They're gonna have a surplus. People always got something yeah. stupid. Oh. It's like it's like damn if you do, damn if you don't. Exactly. Like, oh should Beyonce always half naked. So um I didn't work this hard in the gym to wear a turtleneck. So you want me I'm working hard in the gym on my body. But because you insecure with your body, or because you think women should be fully clothed all the time, that I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't show off my body. Even like she was naked in the video. Fucking right. fire! The video is black power, all black girl magic, all the way. Y'all need, y'all need to get down and move out the way. I've never. That's stupid. If I'm like, um, if if I be like, yo, Jay Z need to do more for the culture. Jay Z need to do more for the culture. Jay Z donates one point five. Well, Jay Z and Beyonce donate one point five million to the Black Lives Matter movement. Man, they only did that for publicity. It's a tax write off. They will unsee complain about anything. Any y'all motherfuckers need a life. I'm sorry, you said it's a tax write off. Like what the fuck? Like do y'all not? I don't even think people know how taxes work. You think you think government will be like, oh, you gave 1.5 million? Yeah, they they probably think you gave 1.5 million that the government will be like, okay, we're gonna give you 1.5 million back. That's not how taxes work. It's, oh my god. <laughs> Whew. Yo, y'all got chill. I, the, the point of the story is Beyonce did it from the bottom of her heart. It'd be nice if y'all support it. If y'all don't want to support it, then shut the fuck up. But saying that she did it for a tax write-off or she did it for a public... You saying Beyonce did something for publicity. Beyonce is Beyonce. The fuck? Queen B. She dropped the surprise album. See, now y'all got me out here standing for Beyonce. I like Beyonce and all that, but I don't stand for celebrities. But I ain't gonna watch. I ain't gonna watch the celebrity that's fighting for us get, get drawn through the mud. Like I'm not about to do that. This woman dropped the surprise album and went platinum in a week. What the fuck do you mean she did it for publicity? It's like people that um, you know how like for example, I have a friend right, and that friend invites you to go somewhere, but the entire you say yes, but the entire time you're like, I hope they cancel. I hope they cancel. You know? And then how you came up, you're like, oh, too bad, you know, <laughs> to go. That's the same thing with this situation. Me is a celebrity, a public figure that, you know, displayed this whole thing for black power. And y'all like she did it like <laughs> she wasn't supposed to do it exactly y'all just want to keep on dragging beyonce beyonce been standing up for black for the um 
for Black Lives Matter. Beyonce been Beyonce and Jay Z been bailing people out of jail. They've been doing this. They've been doing it anonymously. They've been bailing people out of jail and all this other stuff. So it's like y'all sitting here criticizing them about something they've been doing. Y'all ain't really all y'all doing is sharing shit on Instagram. The fuck? I'm I'm helping the cause. I'm sharing on Instagram. People out here really fighting, and y'all motherfuckers sitting here criticizing somebody that's trying to help the movement. Beyonce got a global. Beyonce got a global right. reach. So Beyonce saying Beyonce making one video got everybody talking about it. Your fucking Instagram post got two likes. Chill the hell out. <laughs> you got more reach. You a Beyonce, my man? Chill the fuck. Y'all bitter ass mother. Y'all bitter. Y'all. How bitter today. <laughs> but you know, that brings me to my um my black history lesson for this week. Um, since everybody talking about the Black Panthers, I wanted to um <clears throat> I wanted to talk about this young man in the Black Panthers called Fred Fred Hampton. So we're gonna do the black history lesson this month this week. It's Fred Hampton. Class is in session. If you have to pee, go pee now. You have to pee. <laughs> you my only student. I'm obviously talking to you. No, I do not have to pee. <laughs> All right, because ain't no ain't no peeing in the middle of my cl- my my lessons. Because I will give you a zero okay. in detention. <laughs> we won't be going to Red Lobster. Man, I want some of them biscuits. <laughs> no, no, we gotta go to Red Lobster. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. The Black History Lesson for this week is about the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers was founded in 1966. It was originally called the Black Panthers of Defense. If I had to characterize the Black Panthers, I would call them the strongest link between the domestic Black liberation struggle in America. They was the most powerful movement in in the late 60s. It was founded by Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seale. Now, most of you younger people, Y'all might know Huey from his mention in Tupac's song, Changes. It's time to fight back. That's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark. Now Huey's dead. I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere unless we share with each other. We got to stop making changes. Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers. A little backstory about um, Tupac. His mother, Athena Shakur, was a Black Panther. She was a member of the Black Panther Party, along with a couple of other of his family members. Shaka Khan was also a Black Panther member. He was she was she's not related to Tupac or anything, but that's like a little a little fun. That's like a little fun fact. So that's why Tupac was woke because his family had been woke. His mom actually served as her own criminal defense attorney when she was accused of taking parts in numerous bombings as a member of the Black Panthers. Black Panther didn't do no bombings, but you know that was accused. So she's she was on own defense lawyer. So that's where Tupac gets his his vernacular from. His mom, she's she's deep. She's pretty deep. So when it first was started in October fifteenth of nineteen sixty six, the Black Panthers wanted to basically be pillars in their community. They wanted to patrol. They wanted to be their own police. They wanted to watch out for police brutality. So they have people following the police and all this other stuff. But when they rolled around to 1969, they started implementing different programs, one of which is the Free Breakfast for Children program and community health clinics. Like, a lot of people know about the um the Free Breakfast programs because like I keep on, I see in the Facebook pictures where y'all sharing the Free Breakfast programs. We talked about it because that's one of the, that's one of the most vital 
programs that the Black Panther Party introduced. Now, Huey P. Newton got the idea from Mao Zedong. Now, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, Mao Zedong. I'm not gonna say he got the idea from him, he was inspired. Mao Zedong was a piece of shit. He was a piece of shit, he just was. He also died on my birthday, September 9th. Not not on the day that I was born or nothing, just way before I was born. He was a Chinese communist that ruled with an iron fist. He ruled with an iron fist so much that 45 million people were killed because of him. He's responsible for 45 million deaths. That's a lot of people. Now, I'm, I'm me. I'm of the firm belief that you have to read about the crazy so that you don't become crazy. So I guess Huey Newton subscribed to that same philosophy because in Mao Zedong's book, the Little Red Book, where he gave advice to <laughs> he gave advice to revolutionaries, a communist gave advice to revolutionaries. Um, he gave advice to revolutionaries, and Huey Huey Newton took the advice and they started to serve the people. And they created survival programs, primarily within each branch had to create a program. The most famous of these programs was, as I talked about, the Free Breakfast for the Children program initially ran out of the Oakland church. The Free Breakfast program was specifically important because it served as a space for educating youth about the current conditions of the black community and the actions that the party had taken to address that condition. While the children ate their meals. Members of the Black Panther Party taught them liberation lessons consisted of party messages and Black history. Through this program, the party was able to influence young minds and strengthen their ties to the community, as well as gain worldwide spread support about their ideals. The program became so popular that by the end of the year, the Black Panther Party set up kitchens in cities across the nation, feeding over 10,000 children each day before they went to school. See, this is something that they, people really don't tell you. They want to talk about the Black Panther Party. They talk about the guns and stuff, but they only carry guns when necessary. And most of them they only carry guns because there was police in their own. There was police in their own communities. So they had other. They had other survival programs, such as they would do clothing distributing. They had classes on political science. They had economic classes. They had free health clinics. They taught self-defense, first aid. They also had ambulances. They did this thing where if you had um. You had a family member in jail. They 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 provided transportation for you to go visit them in the sit in the prisons. They had emergency response ambulances. They had a drug and alcohol rehabilitation program, and it was they was keen on testing the sickle cell. So they was they was they was present in their communities, making sure that these people was able to get the necessary things that they needed done. Like you, they wanted to teach you. They wanted you to learn. They wanted you to be fed. They wanted you to make sure you didn't rely on the government for anything. Like a lot of people want to talk about how you know people need to stop treating the government like they're their baby daddy. Well, the Black Panther Party tried to make sure that you didn't need the government. They tried to give you whatever you needed. They wanted to get. They were for the people. They wanted to give back to the people. I'm telling y'all all this because everybody, like I said, everybody all want to talk about the guns, but there was more, there was more, there was for self-defense, everybody, everybody, there was for self-defense, but it does just a small, minute part of them. Another thing that a lot of people got a misconception of is black power and black people and the Black Panther Party, and there was racism. That's a lot, a lot of people like to say, well, I'm going to play you some audio from Fred Hampton. Black Panther Party's uh, relationship with white mother country radicals, a lot of people don't even understand that word that they'll refuse a lot. 
But what we're saying is that there are white people in the mother country that are for the same types of things that we are for stimulating revolution in the, in the mother country. And we said that we would work with anybody and form coalition with anybody that has revolution on their mind. We're not a racist organization because we understand that racism is an excuse used for capitalism. And we know that racism is just is, it's a byproduct of capitalism. Everything would be all right if everything was put back in the hands of the people. And we're going to have to put it back in the hands of the people. Everybody in the state of Illinois is going to have to be involved or even around the revolution because we're going to have one. And we're going to, have to, we're going to have to do more than talk. We're going to have to do more than listen. We're going to even have to do more than learn. We're going to have to start practicing, and that's very hard. We're going to have to start getting out there with the people. And a lot of times we think we're better than the people. That's an insult, and that's criminal. It's going to take a lot of hard work. Now, a lot of y'all might not know who Fred Hampton is, so I'm going to tell you who Fred Hampton is. Fred Hampton was the chairman of the Illinois. <laughs> That's how he talked, the Illinois, Illinois, Illinois. He was, the, um, <laughs> he was the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. Now, he was also pre-law. So, like, you remember how I was telling y'all that a lot of them would follow the cops to make sure police brutality wasn't going on. He took it a step further. He would follow police brutality, and then he would step, he would try to intervene and use the law, the knowledge of the law, to try to stop it from happening. He was also very prevalent in the NAACP. Now, Fred Hampton had a silver tongue. He would he would really give it to you fast like this. I remember um this he was talking about um Bobby Rush. He was like, man, every time I go to jail, Bobby Rush like, man, we gotta have you on the street, man. People need you. Every time Bobby Rush go to jail, I'm like, man, we gotta have you on the street. People need you. But you know what? We love we were like, man, we love each other so much. We both gonna try to stay out of jail, man. You know, we both got out there in jail, man. Bobby, 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 see you, man. Bobby Rush, Bobby Rush, man. Bobby Rush, bad motherfucker. That's cold, bad motherfucker. Like, he a bad motherfucker. And I got to call him bad motherfucker because he's a bad motherfucker. Now, you know how Bobby Rush, you know Bobby Rush. I love Bobby Rush. I love Bobby Rush about as much as Bobby Seal love Pew He Knew. You know how Bobby Seal talk about Pew He Knew? That's how much I love Bobby Rush. That's my man. Cold motherfucker, cold motherfucker. You know he was he had that he had that he had that swing about his voice that was like it pulled you and you wanted to listen to what he's saying. Like I remember he was talking about um he talked about black power one time. He was like um we say white power to the white people. We say brown power to the brown people. We say yellow power to the yellow people. We say black power to black people, and we say X power to the races that we don't know. You know like like um. Like, like Lady G. Lady G is Arabic. So instead of him saying, you know, yellow, white or whatever, he would go X power, X power. So it was all love. Like like he just said in the clip, you know, anybody that's want to be down, they can be down. It's as simple as that. It's no hate. It's no hate. They're not teaching prejudice. They're not teaching racism. He also was a firm believer in education, and which is something that I think that needs to be brought into the ideals of everything that you do. You have to teach somebody what they're fighting for. So he taught you had to take a six week class that he taught in the Black Panther Party. You had to take a six week class of the ins and outs of the Black Panther Party, what they're fighting for, what they're standing for, what's the future, you know, liberate the mind, liberate the soul, liberate the heart, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. He, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like 
give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish, and he'll eat for the rest of his life. So Bobby, so Bobby, so Fred was very keen on teaching people how to fend for themselves. At the same time, <laughs> which is pretty funny, the same time he was his own defense lawyer on a case he called a case for um y'all ain't gonna believe this. He um <laughs> He was on trial for for this is what they say. They say he stole seventy one dollars worth of ice cream bars. And the way he tells it, like they try to say, um, uh, 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 I stole ice cream. And then what they did, they made me sound like a Robin Hood. They said I stole the ice cream and um, I gave it to the children. Now that may fit my mode. They may be something I do, but I didn't do it. I ain't like I ain't do it. They trying to get me. They trying to get me locked up, man. They trying to smell state, man. But they ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna. They ain't gonna let them do it, man. No, 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 no. no. No, 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 and it was some pop to the people. Like, they were, because they were here talking about him and Bobby Rush. Look, me and Bobby Rush, man, we got to stay out of the gym, man. We got to stay out of the gym. You know, <laughs> shout out to Bobby Rush. <laughs> so, yeah, he was um, fighting that case. And he's always been described as this, this grand organizer. Like, he can bring people together and he can stop the violence. He, um, he ended a war between two of the biggest gangs in Chicago. He ended that. He served as a supervisor. For the health clinic and he you know he was very he was very instrumental in the free breakfast program like he loved that he was like we gotta get back to the people we've got better than the people sometimes we feel like we are but we're not we gotta get back to the people so he was all about he was he was more of giving back to the people that was basically his role he wanted to give back to the people he wanted to stop black on black crime brown on black crime black on brown crime he wanted to stop crime in the communities that's basically what he had he had this nice charisma that allowed him to be anywhere he wanted to be and settle a situation like he was respected like you know how people talk about um easy e you know how people talk about easy e and they say easy e had the bloods and the crips loving him and it was no problem like easy e can go anywhere he wanted to go in any hood in any city in america and he was respected easy e is basically Fred Hampton. Only Fred Hampton is not, you know, we're not gonna go there. You know, basically that's that's how that's how that's his charisma. Like he was able to step in any room and it was no problem. Nobody had any beef with him. So at this time, and just like in general in America, whenever you're trying to bring about change, somebody's going to try to stop you. The person that tried to stop Fred Hampton is the FBI. The FBI opened a file on Fred Hampton in 1967. By 1968, Fred Hampton's mom had her phone tapped. <laughs> they opened the file in 1967, and by 1968, Fred Hampton's mom had her phone tapped. Now, by that February 1968, they had Fred Hampton on the key militants list for the FBI. So they were watching him, seeing what's going on in the Black Panther Party, because Fred um, J. Egg Hooger has is on record as saying that the Black Panther Party is the greatest threat threat to the security of the country. They said he said they is the greatest threat to the security of this country. So basically, you're calling you're calling the Black Panther Party terrorists. So you know, so when you so you think these are terrorists, so you got to figure out a way to bring them down. You got to figure out a way to stop them. You can't have these black men out here. <laughs> providing power to the people, giving them, giving these black people, you're giving these black people hope that it's a better tomorrow, that you're going to take back what's yours, you're going to stand up for you, you're going to treat each other with self-respect, you're going to stop killing each other, you're going to act like humans towards each other, you're going to love each other, they couldn't have that. So, in late 1968, the FBI of Chicago, they get tricky, they get real tricky. You know how on the wire, 
in the Sopranos, like if you get pinched, they try to either um bring your sentence down or they just wipe your sentence out completely if you snitch. So, but this, but then what they did is they went even further than that. They they couldn't they did it even further than that. They um because they could because remember they couldn't get nobody to snitch on nothing because the Black Panther Party wasn't doing nothing illegal. So you can't get nobody to snitch on a situation where there's nothing to snitch on. So they bring in this dude by the name of William O'Neill. Now, William O'Neill had recently been arrested twice for interstate car trafficking and impersonating the federal officer. So they bring in William O'Neill and they promise to drop his drop his charges and give him a monthly stipend if he would agree to infiltrate the Black Panther Party and conduct counterintelligence operations. So you're going to drop this man charges if he chooses to join the Black Panther Party. So, you know, he's going to agree. He's going to agree because he's a sucker. He's a sucker. William O'Neill is a sucker. And that's putting it nicely. So William O'Neill joins. He he's, he's quickly became, he quickly started rising through the Black Panther Party organization because he already know about the Black Panther Party organization. So he know just what to do to get high on the ranks. He gets so high that he becomes the director of the chapter security and Fred Hampton's bodyguard. Frank Hampton's bodyguard, the dude that's on the FBI watch list. Now, around the same time, the FBI agents in um, San Francisco, they wrote Hoover a letter. They wrote him a letter. They said, man, as far as we can see, all they're doing is primarily feeding breakfast to children. That's all they're doing. They say they're out here feeding breakfast to children, man. What terrorist, do you know what terrorist group, what terrorist group they supposed to be? They're just out here feeding breakfast to children. And Hoover fires back a memo implying that if they do not find some dirt that directly supports his beliefs that the Black Panther Party is a violently prone organization seeking to overthrow the government by revolutionary means, that they're going to be fine. Basically, you're going to be cowboys. You, you you know, you watch the movies and they're like, well, if you either crack this case or you or you need you crack this case or you're gonna be a pencil pusher. So basically you're putting the pressure on the FBI agents to find something that they're telling you that's not there. They're just feeding, they're just feeding, um, they're just feeding the children, which is pretty funny because um Charles Manson has this thing, Charles Manson the killer, or whatever. He had this thing about it's it's kind of the same thing. He had this thing that this notion that um people but his was just a little different. He thought that um the way he put it, that black people going to realize their power and try to, oh, you know, and oh, oh, some shit, some stupid shit he thought the black people going to do. Like, black people not out here trying to kill nobody. You know, we're not trying to overthrow the government. So they couldn't dig up nothing. You know, they couldn't dig up nothing. So the FBI tried a different thing. They started doing other tactics. They tried to get, like, the inner city gangs to beef with each other. They started making fake Black Panther cartoons. None of that worked. None of that worked because they was like, okay, well, yeah, we, we got what the jig is up. The jig is up. You're like, you ever watch a peaceful protest and then it get violent all of a sudden? A lot of us are a firm believer that people were put in place to disturb the peace, like to disturb the peace to try to ruffle the feathers. So, so they tell O'Neill, create a riff. Create a rift. Whatever y'all do, create a rift. You need to drive the Black Panthers out of their comfort zone, which was the inner city with the Rangers, the Young Lords. You know, everybody respected them. It was basically easy. Fred Hampton was easy. Was easy e for y'all. For y'all people that you know, he can go wherever you want to go. wasn't gonna be harmed. wasn't gonna be touched. So 
the petty levels got real high at this point because you can't pin nothing on him. He's doing nothing wrong. He's teaching classes and all this other stuff. He's he's you know serving breakfast, so they couldn't pinch nothing on him. So the petty level got so high that um on May 26, 1969. Now this is where it gets weird. This is where it gets weird because he gets he gets prosecuted for a crime he had already got let out on because that because the um. Because the ice cream thing happened in 1967, but he got found not guilty. But then all of a sudden, he successfully prosecuted in the case related to the theft of the $71 worth of Goodman bars. He was sentenced to two to five years. So how you get found not guilty and then they, they're going to retrial it or something like that. And then he gets found, you know, guilty or whatever. And then he gets two. So. Okay, they say he did steal $71 worth of candy bars or ice cream bars. You mean tell me that's two to five years? Get out of here. So that's how they pay the levels high. But again, Fred Hampton knows the law. He was pre-law. He was his own lawyer, by the way. He was pre-law. He managed to attain a pills bond released in, and released that August. So he didn't do a whole year. Get out of here. He walked out of there throwing them deuces. What, what Chris Brown say? Throwing them deuces up to her. But yeah. <laughs> Okay, I hope you guys still following me because this is where I need you to pay the closest attention to. This is where the closest attention you need to pay. Now, in October of that same year, Frank Hampton and his girlfriend, who was pregnant at the time, they um they rented a four-room apartment in Chicago for it could be closer to the Black Panther Party organization. Now, at this time, Fred, Ham you know, Fred Hampton still got the same bodyguard, Will O'Neill. Now, Will O'Neill was important to the Federal Bureau of Investigations that that house that Fred Hampton was staying in, that it was a, they were stockpiling weapons and all the guns was being stored there. Keep in mind, Fred Hampton is the one that want to bring peace about in the city. So in November, Fred Hampton flies out to a speaking engagement at UCLA Law. And while he's gone, a cop get killed. So I think cool cops get killed. Now, this is this is this is the funny thing on this is a, not, not funny that somebody got shot, but a lot of things that happened around this time started getting connected to the Black Panther Party. But then you kind of find out that it really wasn't about the Black Panther Party. It could have just been some black people. So back then it's kind of like, oh, he got murdered by Black Panther because it it's this thing later on in the um in the Black Panther Party tension where um Geronimo Pratt's wife get killed and they think it's somebody within the organization that didn't kind of find out it wasn't even it wasn't even like that. Geronimo Pratt was Black Panther. It, it but that ain't what the story about. Just 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 know everything and always what it seems when it comes to the when somebody get murdered. Just oh black people killed them. Oh black Panther Party because remember they already they already wanted them gone. They already wanted them gone. Cause um Fred Hampton he didn't like he didn't like um the Attorney General in his um in in Chicago because the Attorney General of Chicago was was um talking about a war on drugs but Fred Hampton looked at it a war on black youth while he was out in California you know a cop, two cops got shot while he was also out in California they appointed him to the um the the chief of staff and the the major spokesman so now he's the face he's the face of the Black Panthers. So after these cops get shot, the the FBI determined this is where it gets tricky. The FBI determined that they can get a raid on them. 
they can get a raid. We got enough for a raid. We got to raid this house. William O'Neill is telling us that there's guns in this house. So we got to raid this house. That's why I was saying everything is not as, as it seems because you use that to get a raid on somebody's house. Now, oh, man, if he's out of town, then obviously he had no involvement in it. So you use that to get a raid on his house. And that happened in November. Now, December... That happened in November. So on the night of December 3rd, Frank Hampton was teaching at a local church. He taught political science at a, at a local church. He returned home later on that night with a couple of um, other members of the Black Panther Party, and they had dinner that was prepared by William O'Neill. Now, this is the same night that the raid supposed to go down for something that happened in November because William O'Neill told told the FBI to did stop piling guns in the house. But Fred Hampton wasn't even the type that, you know, the, the carry guns, I think, because he, he had a bodyguard. You know, you the bodyguard. What the fuck are you carrying a gun for? So, why they eating? So, you know, Williams O'Neill says that they're eating. Why they eating the dinner, William O'Neill gives Fred Hampton a roofie. He roofies, he roofies Fred Hampton. He roofies Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton doesn't know he's roofied. So at this point, you got to remember that I told you earlier that Fred Hampton's mom's phone was tapped. So William O'Neill leaves during the night or whatever. And while Fred Hampton is on the phone with his mom, he falls asleep mid-sentence. He falls asleep mid-sentence. This is his mom's phone tap. So it's record. You know, he falls asleep mid-sentence. So <clears throat> the raid goes down at 4 o'clock. They're knocking on the door. They supposedly knock on the door. So I was like, who is it? And then they say, you know, boom, they kick in. Shoot the, they shoot Mark Clark at the door. Now, when Mark Clark gets shot, he gets shot directly in the heart and dies instantly. His gun fires a single shot, which was later determined to be a reflex, reflex of death thing. Like if you, you know, they say never shoot, a, never shoot a person that got a gun in their hand or something like that. You know, because you know a, a shot goes off. You know, a shot goes off. But um, you know. A shot goes off. So automatic gunfire starts shooting within the room. They start shooting within the room in only one room at this time. They start shooting in the room that Fred Hampton is sleeping in. Sled Hampton is sleeping in. Mind you, he got slipped a roofie earlier, so he's not awakening from this slumber because he's been drugged, so he doesn't even know what's going on. They shoot into his room that Fred Hampton was in. The cops are seen saying, that's Fred Hampton. That's Fred Hampton. Is he dead? Bring him out. He's barely alive, they said. He'll make it. Two additional shots were heard, which were later discovered to be was shot at point-blank range in Fred Hampton's head. Then another officer said, he's good and dead now. They drug his body out to the doorway of the bedroom, and he was left in a pool of blood. The officers then decided to open fire on the other sleeping panthers in the house, letting off 99 shots. I repeat, they let off 99 shots. Not nine, not nine, not nine, but 99. They let off 99 shots into a house that nobody was firing them back at. Fred Hampton was a dude, was subdued, so he was not even able to wake up. So he's dead. So Fred Hampton is laying in the pool of blood, dead. 
Mind you, his girlfriend was in the house. She's pregnant with his kid. She's laying next to him. She's still alive. The other seven people are also still alive. And <clears throat> they get dragged into the street. And they're, and they're arrested on charges of aggravated assault and attempted murder of the officers. And they were all held on a $100,000 bond. This is where it gets tricky, if it wasn't already tricky enough. If you if you telling me that it was a shootout that lasted for 15 minutes, how are all y'all still alive if you're characterizing this as you kicked in the door and a woman was sitting on the bed with a shotgun pumping it? Who? So she didn't get no shots off, but you guys, she, she didn't get no shot off and you decide, you decide oh, we're just going to let her live. She got a shotgun in her hand. You love 99 shots and you only killed one person. So you knew what you was doing. It was more of the one of those kill the head and the body will follow because he was one of the leaders in the Panther Party that wanted to bring about change in a in a peaceful way, and he was getting it done. Now, this is where the cop story gets weird. The cops got two different stories. The one cop story says that they, they knocked and said, who is it? And then they said, wait a minute. And then shots started firing at the cops. But there's no bullet holes in the hallway in which this happened because if you if they telling you to wait a minute then they start firing on you wouldn't it be bullet holes going your way as opposed to 99 going the direction in which they were sleeping at like if you look at this documentary the murder of fred hampton you can see that the bed the bed in which he was sitting in is bloody it's in a pool it's in a pool of blood so if a person is in a pool of blood they're not even sitting upright to shoot back at you so you killed him in cold blood, that like, was a, that was an assassination. You knew what you was doing because if you really was shooting at him, and he was shooting at you, then you would kill everything in there. Like his his um his girlfriend would have been dead as well. So for her to still be alive and everybody else is still alive, these people did not pose a threat to you. Well, they did not pose an immediate threat to you. He posed a threat to your well. He posed a threat to your way of life because he was bringing about change in a civil way so he was bringing by he was getting guns off the streets you know gangs off the streets so he was about to be unemployed soon anyway so he was bringing about change in a in a great sense so you had to get him up out of there you had to get him up out of there that's why you felt about it they also fabricated the door the story because as i said when they kicked in the door he got hit they got hit with a shotgun and shotgun let off a shot into the door <clears throat> now the door that they had, the door that they tried to bring in, had like three or four holes in it. But <laughs> the Black Panther Party had already sent uh, um, a film crew to film the, the crime scene because the cops, after they done killed, after they done assassinated Fred Hampton, they dragged him out. Most of the cops are smiling or whatever. They um, so they they didn't even lock up the crime scene. So Black Panther was able to record. You got um forensic scientists in there they're looking at it they're like well all the shots is going one way when none come back this way so when you try to bring that fake door in there even your own even your own county even your own county in your own county coroner was like fred hampton had some kind of some kind of um toxic in the system a drug entered the system that night a drug entered his system that night that was not prevalent at any other time you know it was he, he don't take drugs so but yeah, you try to bring in the door. My bad, I got off track. You try to bring in the door, and and it came to find out that there wasn't even a door. There wasn't even a real door. Y'all try to fake. Y'all try to fabricate a door. It was, <laughs> and the seven um, Panthers who survived 
DeRay was indicted by the grand jury on charges of attempted murder, armed violence, and a variation of other weapon charges. The charges were eventually dropped. So if you felt that these people were actually doing these things to you, why the hell was the charges dropped? They got sued in court in 1970 for $47 million, and you end up only having to pay $1.8 million, which at the time was the largest settlement in civil in a civil rights case. So if you had no wrongdoing, why, why did you pay that for $1.8 and then another thing, the FBI office got broken in in Pennsylvania and we, we and got discovered of the existence of a counter operation that was an illegal counter program, which brought to light that they had files on Malcolm X, Marlon Luther King, Fred Hampton. They even had a Fred Hampton floor plan of his apartment. Another another um another detail was a, a, a document outlined a deal that the FBI brokered with the deputy attorney of Cook County <clears throat> to conceal the FBI's role in the assassination of Fred Hampton and the existence of the countertail. So all this crooked stuff is going on behind everybody's back. Now the FBI informant William O'Neill committed suicide in 1990. Who gives a fuck about that piece of shit? He sold his soul. He sold his soul, so that can never be forgotten. Piece of shit. So that's the Black History lesson for this week. I just want y'all to know that the Black Panther Party is more than what they're telling y'all on TV. Exactly. Rest in peace. We got you. And the state's attorney's office has reasons to see Fred Hampton in jail. We've got a new state's attorney, you see. And he said already what he thought about people that had different uh, political beliefs than he had. Speeches sound somewhat like those of Hitler, and we know why he wants to see Fred Hampton put in jail. Why do I have a lot of arrests because of harassment? Why is that harassment? Because the people that harass me have set up a problem that made me disagree with them violently, and, and they, they set up this problem in order to exploit me and other people like me. And why they want to get rid of me because. I'm saying something that might wake up some other exploited people and some other oppressed people. And if all these people ever get together, then these pigs that are exploiting us, we'll be able to run into the league. That's why they want to get rid of us. And it's just, uh, it's sort of like a primary thing with me. I'm the, I'm the first mover they'll make. I'm a part of an organization who will be the first organization they'll move on because I happen to be a part of an organization, the Black Panther Party, that is the only organization, in fact, that has came out and stood up loud and clear and said that we don't care what anybody says, whether they have guns or not and badges or 18 uniforms, if whenever they step outside the bounds of legality into the bounds of illegality, then we'll blow their brains out if they're bothering the people. And what makes them mad about that? They're constantly bothering the people. Anybody that's out there for the protection of the people happens to be in direct conflict with them. What makes them mad about it? What makes them mad about it is that they had black people and white poor people and red poor people and Puerto Rican poor people and Latin American Puerto Rican people of uh, uh, poor people of all descent, they had them caught up in their movements based on racism when the Black Panther Party stood up and said that we don't care what anybody says, we don't think you fight fire with fire best, we think you fight fire with water best, we're going to fight racism, not racism, but we're going to fight with solidarity. We said we're not going to fight capitalism with black capitalism, but we're going to fight it with socialism. We still have said we're not going to fight reactionary pigs and reactionary state attorneys like this and reactionary state attorneys like Hanrahan with any other reactions on our part. We're going to fight their reactions with all of us people to get together and have an international four-chan revolution. Right on. Right on. Right on. And that's saying 
class over here and there's a class over there. And the reason that this class over here has never did anything to get this class off its back because this is lower, this is upper. This is the oppressed, this is the oppressor. This is the exploited, this is the exploiter. And these people in this class have divided themselves. They say, I'm black and I hate white people. I'm white and I hate black people. I'm Latin American and I hate hillbillies. I'm hillbillies and I hate Indians. So we fight amongst each other. And you, you've heard the testimony of pigs here, and you got pigs of all colors, you know that. You got pigs that are white, you got pigs that are black, you even got pigs that are black and white. Propagating the same type of madness that uh, uh, this buffoon Henry had would be propagating if he were here himself. And why? Because they want to keep you to believing that I'm your enemy, and that everybody else that's black and that wears a lot of hair on his head, and hair on his face. They want to keep you thinking that he's your enemy. Why? Because if ever you would disregard him and overlook him just for a minute and throw away that question of racism and started to deal with a little logic, then it could be, there would be no one else you could attack other than hand to hand, other than David, and other than Tricky Dicky Nixon. If you make the right decision, you can depress people in the world and get complete satisfaction. I know you return to get verdict of not guilty. Thank you. Struggle, we didn't be living, and I think that struggle is going to come. Why don't you live for me? 